It's Mankato's Talk of the Town, connecting the community on News Sports Talk KTOE. Here's your host, Lisa Kay. We are back on Talk of the Town. It's Lisa Kay. Thanks for hanging out with me on a chat day with our friends from the city of Mankato. Susan Arntz, Mankato City Manager, back in studio with me. And Susan, I know that the last time that I talked to you, uh, we ended with, I always end with like, what are we going to talk about next time? And we talked uh, a little bit of uh, archery hunt that's coming up, but we're going to table that for right now. We are going to table that. But for Just good in reason. short form, the archery hunt starts September 16th. Okay. More information on our website. And yeah, we'll probably have another conversation about something like that another time because really wanted to ask you about um, things that are that you're working on in the city and some important news updates. I've seen a lot of debate online with people that might not have 100 percent of the information, but I wanted to get that information in your words from the city. We're talking about SROs, school resource officers, and a little bit of the debate uh, that's going on right now with the school resource officers and the city of Mankato. How does that pertain? I feel like Paul Peterson should be in here too. Maybe, maybe we'll have him and you together, but maybe. Yeah. So I, I I would say that though, I would use the word challenge um, versus debate. Okay. Um, (laughs) So this, this spring, the legislature made some changes to the education statutes in those education statutes. They made some changes about, specifically targeting uh, school resource officers. My concern, of course, is the school resource officers and the police officers and modifying and really dramatically restricting their ability to use force. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I want to start this conversation with, though, is that we're going to spend several minutes now today talking about use of force and school resource officers. That's not the majority of what they do. Right. You know, our school resource officers work with families that have questions that are related to issues that are that happen at school, outside of school. They work as uh, resource to the school's staff, um, you know, helping them with threat assessments, whether it's for a special event or, you know, a situation going on in a classroom or, you know, those kinds of conversations happen all the time. We participate in meetings. We attend uh, special events and activities the school district has been having. Uh, so our our the nature of our school resource officers, you know, a, a, a vast majority of their work is about building and developing the relationships, being a resource, answering questions, helping to address issues when they arise. And most of the time, it doesn't involve force. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it, what we're saying is it's hands off everybody. We're not touching people. Right on, yeah. And um, and they do a masterful job at it. Mm-hmm. And we, we could not be prouder of the individual. We have two officers that one serves at East, one serves at West. And we have and they provide resources to the other schools in the district. OK, so they they're primarily focused at East and West, but they do provide resources to the district overall um, on an kind of as needed, but primarily focused on the high schools. Okay, so are they in the high schools? Right now, if we walked into a high school, would we be able to find an SRO at East or West? So here becomes the challenge. Okay. They are not there. Okay. Um, So the legislature made these changes earlier this year. Uh, We were not aware that those changes were made because the cities and our uh, legislative representatives, meaning the League of Minnesota Cities and those kinds of coalition of greater Minnesota cities that we work with, 
they don't follow the um, education policies um, in detail Mm -hmm. because most of the time they don't relate to cities. And so this this kind of came up through the uh, education policy and uh, got into the education bill. And we really learned about it in earnest kind of end of June, beginning of July, that this was a situation. So we've been noodling and talking and trying to sort out what does this language mean um, since midsummer. And as we approached the end of August, we needed to come up with a plan of what are we going to do. And we've had clarification that has come from the attorney general that we don't believe answers the questions that we have. um, And it doesn't give enough clarity to our officers about uh, some of the areas of concern they have. Specifically, the statute calls out that use of force can be used where uh, there's imminent bodily harm to the student or another or threat of death. Okay. So it doesn't address what happens in uh, property damage type situations. What happens in um, a trespass situation where uh, just even gentle force may Mm -hmm. need to be used to move someone from one room to another. Um, And even when you say gentle force, does that mean like even, uh, you know, a hand on the shoulder? Um, Right. We're not talking about a a hold of any certain kind just to gently move somebody from point A to point B or guide them. To guide them into another space. Like I would do to my kid. Right. You know, like. Well, you're a mom, so that's going to come with a different amount of attention. Even if it was, you know, your child and I I said, hey, can we go over to this area and talk over here? I can't touch. You can't. Yeah, right. And so, and it it creates um, a significant amount of liability that... um, that really, the, we we had asked and had hoped last week uh, or the first week of September, we were hopeful that we were headed towards a special session where there might be clarity provided in this statute. Um, we learned at the end of that week that uh, the governor announced that there was all the clarity that was needed was provided and that there would not likely be a special session. And we just don't agree that we have that level of clarity yet. Mm. And so uh, on September 11th, the city council had a work session where we discussed this matter with them. And I kind of wanted to make sure, uh, one, that they understood the issue and get from them, um, you know, feedback. Um, Sure. Because some communities have made the decision to remove their officers or cancel their contracts. Mm -hmm. And that didn't come up in the council discussion last night one, one bit. I mean, so, so we still have the two officers under contract. They're just not in the schools. They're right not now. there. So the last several days of school or the first several days of school, we've had officers that have not been working in the school. They've been available for meetings. They have answered questions. They've responded to phone calls. They have essentially been working in a remote capacity, which we recognize is not a good long-term solution. Mm-hmm. We do not have them attending volleyball or football games um, at the school at the current time. Okay. Um, we are uh, somewhere before uh, the end of the week. Uh, so somewhere before the 15th, we're hopeful that we will have a chance to meet with the school. Uh, we're talking with them daily as we kind of navigate this um, fuzzy area to try and come up with, is there a way to create a plan so that it works better for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't think we're going to get the clarity that we really want. I mean, the 
the things that we would that would be helpful to us is if in the current statute or in the guidance the attorney general has given, um, it would be more clear about uh, the ability to use force. And when I say that, I'm not talking about at the extreme. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about chokeholds and prone restraints and, you know, uh, those kinds of things have been uh, heavily regulated in a different section of the statute for years. Right. Um, and are generally prohibited, but for situations where there is great bodily harm or death threats. Mm-hmm. We don't, we agree that those, those aren't the, those aren't the types of um, use of force that we're talking about. The concern we have is I'll just say almost everything leading up to that, especially where it deals with like property damage and trespass issues. Sure. Um, so we, we need some clarity around those issues. That would be one thing that we would like. Uh, another good solution we feel would be um, articulating that the school resource officers are governed under the um, use of reasonable use of force statute, 609.06 Minnesota statutes, um, which has been in place for a long time. That's what police officers are trained uh, under. That's the statute that... Our officers are trained multiple times a year mm-hmm. in how to navigate, how to avoid, frankly, how to use other tactics that don't involve force, um, how to work through you know, conflict um, and situations. The school resource officers get another layer of training that teach them how to work with students, children, teachers, people that come into the buildings, uh, so they have another layer of training that they go through that is more specialized to work in the schools. Sure. And again, it m- the majority of their training teaches them, you know, how to do everything before using any amount of force. Mm-hmm. So a lot of conversation, de-escalation, absolutely, all of, all of yeah. that, understanding the psychology of. Right. Of All right. Explain to me, uh, you've mentioned 60906. Explain to me what the difference is between that and the piece that's in the education. Like the the language is a little bit different. Yeah. So the language in 60906 is the language that is in Minnesota statutes that's called use of force. And it talks about how police officers are allowed to use force. It regulates it talks about what they're not allowed to do. And this is specifically police officers out in the public, not necessarily in a school, right? Right. Okay. A tra- yeah, or just the traditional police officer. Mm-hmm. Or traditional maybe is the wrong word, but your typical or average right. police officer. Not in a school. Not yeah. in a school. And then the other statute that got clarified this summer in the education side of it is a statute that specifically is targeted towards um, school resource officers uh, there is language in the use of force that adds police officers into that mix. And then there's another section of that statute that talks about um, the school school staff mm-hmm. or agents of the school. And so at some point, without clarity from the legislature, at some point a court will end up determining what's an agent, right? And so... Um, yeah, what is an agent? Is that a teacher? Is that a para? Is that... Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And, um, you know, is it a contract janitor? Is Mm. it, you know, I mean, what is that? And so that education statute also has similar restrictions for use of force for 
employees of the school as well. So it's not the you know the con- the concern I'm expressing is about our school resource officers, right. but this this also has restrictions for school bus drivers, other staff, um, about their ability to use force, and really restricts that unless there's bodily harm or death. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of activity that happens in our schools before you get to physical harm sure. or bodily injury right. or um, uh, death. Right. That where um, differing levels of force, and you know, I, I understand that when you hear that, you know, it sounds, you know, it, it's easy to kind of just always think about the extreme. But there's, you know, helping some move someone from one room to another, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know that that simple act, the statute currently wouldn't allow that. Mm. So, and the challenge with that then becomes, um, you know, if we put, if we have the school resource officers there and they have to use, or they're not allowed to use some amount of force and something happens, a student is screaming at the top of their lungs in the lunchroom. Or sounds like Tuesday, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> um, or uh, you know, a, um, they're throwing things at a wall. Right. Um, you're going to have students, families. You're going to have teachers, paras, other professionals in the building. Mm-hmm. They're going to see potentially see a school resource officer stand there, watch. You know, after, use words, but then before anything else, they'll have to call nine one one and. And wait for and a wait non-SRO. For a non-SRO to show up, and then they would have the ability to potentially step in right. and use some amount of force without um, without the relationship with the kids, right. without the understanding of all of these individuals, without the ability, you know, the, and it's not just the kids, you know, mm-hmm. understanding who the teachers are, mm-hmm. and those relationships are really, really important. Right. And we recognize that that those things are important, and we want to be able to get back as quickly as we can. So we are working really hard this week on, well, we work hard every day, but we are working especially hard right now in trying to come up with a plan with the school mm-hmm. because it's complicated for them too. And we are working on a plan together of how do we try to restore as much as we can um, so that we can get those SROs back in the buildings so that they can in person start developing and managing and creating those relationships. And, you know, my experience in all the cities I've worked in, school resource officers, most of the time they can show up to a classroom where there's something going on and whatever it is calms down in a nanosecond. Right. Um, and so they're very valuable to the process. It's just this is we're dealing with some extremes that we have to kind of navigate around, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of nuance to it, right? So, um, you know, if um, students standing on a table and shouting and throwing things or standing, you know, two feet in front of another student shouting at them, you know, right now that statute, I think, uh, prohibits a um, school or a school resource officer from separating those two kids physically. Mm-hmm. And stopping that activity, um, so there's there's a room for there's room for a lot of clarification, and 
over the next week, we will be working with our partners to try and develop a plan as best we can to um, figure out a path forward. If there's no special session that might be scheduled to address some of this language, then what is the path? I mean, what's a, what's a perfect path forward for you? A special session and they're like, ooh, we got to amend that word? Uh, that would be a perfect path, right. is uh, a special session to provide some of that clarity. Another alternative is, um, you know, the, the attorney general having a different, uh, you know, creating different level of clarity. Okay. The challenge we have is there are a number of attorneys, both, you know, at, at varying levels of government side and private side that have a variety of different opinions about what this statute means. Sure. And if you're a police officer and you see a variety of different attorneys who have different authority levels, uh, whether they're a city attorney, a county attorney, or, you know, another role that have differing opinions. Uh, how That makes how you much, nervous. How much yeah. comfort does that give right. you in fulfilling the role? Hmm. We recognize this is really important for all of our families. And we want to uh, try to find a path to navigate forward. Um, we are not just um, worried about, you know, the... the um, there was an article that summarized the work session that we had um, on on September 11th, and that article really had a focus on prone restraints and chokeholds. We did talk about that during that meeting for maybe about 90 seconds. Those aren't really the concerns we have. That seems like a flashy response to the meeting because most of what we're talking about today, while although it can sound shocking, yeah, restraints and holds and all of that, most of that doesn't happen. That's right. not what the majority of an SRO's job is. No, and there's so much nuance to right. each situation, of course. And so, you know, our, our, our two things that we would really like to see some clarity on is, you know, adding that those that use of force could be used when there's property destruction or um, trespass mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, or even better, would be some clarity that school resource officers will be covered by that 60906 statute right. rather than the language that's in that education statute. Those are, the, I mean, it sounds like two simple things, but in order to get those right, right, right now, in order to get those, it would take the legislature to make those changes. Um, absent that, unfortunately, the next, the next path would be, um, you know it getting sued in court and a court making the decisions on what does that really mean, Mm, which isn't good for anyone. No, Um, There's no side of that, that, you know, the only people that win there are, you know, the people litigating the matter. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, that that's not good for anyone. So we're trying to navigate as best we can with the school as our partner. Um, And again, we all have the same goal um, and is getting the police officers um, who are trained as school resource officers, getting them, you know, get back in person in the school uh, while managing the risk and the liability all the way around as best we can. One of the reasons I love to do this show is so we can take those deep dives into those topics that we might not otherwise know about if you don't attend all of the council meetings and things like that. So thank you for coming on. And I appreciate you giving us a chance to kind of, it's yeah. it's a challenging but nuanced I was going to say nuanced is the good word for yeah it. yeah and um you know when I say we're working hard on this I um it is hijacked yeah 
our days uh, for the last few weeks. Sure. And it's a lot of time. So I expect that we'll be following up on this. Yeah, I hope that, you know, we're hopeful that before the 15th, we can work with our partners at the school to come up with, you know, if it's not a perfect solution, it might be an interim solution Mm -hmm. to try and address or come up with a plan here for, you know, what do we do in the weeks um, coming. And we continue to try to work with our um, partners at the state to try and um, continue to educate about the need for that clarity right? and to talk with um, our local legislators who've been really um, very available and willing to listen uh, to our perspective. And we pr- appreciate significantly them listening to our perspective and understand that they're challenged with, you know, navigating this with all of their partners around the state Um, And so we just, we're going to continue to work on it, you know, kind of all angles, right? And, um, and so we hope that, you know, in the, in the very near future, we develop a plan. And again, it might not be a plan that works forever, Mm -hmm. but it might be a plan that'll work uh, in the interim. yeah, In the interim. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. And um, we didn't solve the world's problems today, but also we really did some education, which I think is very important. Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz on Talk of the Town today. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you.